Hello, Gloria in Excelsis Deo. It's the Christmas edition of the Knots TV Book Club podcast with me, Becky Cullen, and... Me, Jaden Morton. Hello, Jaden Morton. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. And we're here to talk about some of our favourite books of the year, which will be very fun. We're going to talk about some of the things we're reading, which will also be fun. And the most fun of all, we're going to talk about The Private Joys of Nena Maloney, which is our Book Club Book of the Month. So let's start with uh, The Private Joys of Nena Maloney. Really interesting discussion in the show about what a positive book it was, and it is, sorry, because it still exists, <laughs> and um, how fantastic a range of views it gives on gender and race and sexuality. But I have to say, Jaden, that I found the central character really quite tragic. And I did, I wasn't completely happy about the way this gay character was presented as a tragedy. Mm. What do you think you would have liked to have seen from it? Um, I mean, so Jonathan uh, is involved, so at the beginning of the novel, we're in 1992, which in the discussion this morning, people were treating like a historical period, which was (laughs) very interesting. They were saying things like, it goes all the way back to 1992. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not that long ago. Um, and um, at the beginning of... So he's involved with Christians. So there's this whole guilt thing about him repressing his sexuality and he's desperately in love with someone called Alistair. Then we found out... So I'm giving you the real timeline, okay? Then we find out that there's been a suicide attempt and then he's disappeared for a while from the um from the character's life the main character's life Joni's life and then they meet each other again at a wedding in in the south somewhere and coincidence of coincidences he's moving up north (laughs) to Manchester which is where the novel is set and then uh he gets involved with this guy who's a chef who doesn't speak to him and he has to turn up just without mentioning his name or anything. He has to go at a certain time. They have really wild sex, including lots of foodstuffs. Yeah. <laughs> Just translate your look into words for me there, Jaden. Um, for the listeners, I'm, I'm pulling a face of perplexity um, because I have not read this book. So no. We will go into a conversation in which I will just keep um, firing questions back his way so I can looking, understand. Looking perplexed? Yeah. Well, I was looking perplexed myself. You know, at one point, he's picking broccoli out of his hair. I was thinking, I don't... I mean, you don't see the sex, but the, I think the idea is that he doesn't respect himself. And um, I wasn't completely happy with that, really. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know how anyone could be happy with that. No, I just thought it was a bit one-dimensional. And then and then later on in the novel, they're in a gay club and they bump into some people who were really homophobic when they were at university. And now they're as gay as gay can be. And they say things like, bumming, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> and also they're ordering lots of quaddy bodies, like quadruple vodkas in this pub. And... So that's another perspective. And then the best perspective is that there's a really 
tender kind of start of a relationship between one of the boys called Amit and one of Nena's friends, well, her ex her ex boyfriend. Mm. So you can you can just kind of see something happening between them, which mm -hmm. is really interesting. So I don't know. I th I just felt like there was. It was too much of an effort to show lots of different perspectives on one thing. Yeah. I was thinking... Not that sexuality is a thing, but you know what? It's, I was thinking about what Ramisha was talking about last month, where you can't pin down one... Like, when it comes to minority, you can't pin down one experience. Um, and you can't, like, re rely or avoid your stereotypes. Um, and I think that maybe with all these different narratives and all these different sort of like lines of exploration coming in, it it's trying to do everything all at once and it's not um, maybe trying, I think that what I took away from that conversation with Ramisha is that trying to capture that nuance is impossible. So just mm. focus on um, your characters and, and their, their feelings, their emotions. And I wonder if it maybe feels like too many experiences are sort of like creating, diluting the feeling in the book, maybe? Mm. I don't know. Can you think of a book where that nuance is present? Um, I'm quite a big fan of books where not much happens. I read... Oh, me too. Um, I read... So I don't, I don't think... And life in general, yeah. which not much happens. Um... Well, I guess you've got a couple Claire Keegan books out on the table and they're very, very small, um, small novellas where plot is, is it there? It's vital, but it's not, you know, a huge amount of twists and turns. You sort of follow one character throughout maybe a day in their life or a small, small period of their life mm. with like chunks uh, back of the past sort of returning. And I think that's definitely when you feel the weight of, you know, being a woman in Northern Ireland at a particular time um, kind of picks up. I think I'm comparing two completely different books. Um, but, yeah, I think it's interesting to, to ponder. Mm. And what about representations of gay characters? Because, I mean, I used to teach a module in which um, we studied James Baldwin so we did Another Country mm. and the gay character. In fact, they're all bisexual, which is great. Just, just a day in my life. <laughs> just me and my friend group. They're all, they're all bisexual. Yeah. But the gay character is a tragedy. Yeah. I think I've just got a thing about... I've not... Characters so, yeah. only being involved in plots mm. in a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like I would say the same about something like the Bell Jar, in yeah. which the central character has got mental health issues and is also a tragedy. Yeah. Do you know, not that everything's very cheerful. No. I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I think I think it's interesting though. I think that so the book when you started speaking about tragedy and especially books that books that rely on trauma to to push to push the reader into a state of intense emotion. Mm. Um, I think a lot of books do that, but the book that I jumped to was A Little Life, yeah. which I cannot get on board with. I, I agree that she is a fantastic writer, 
But Do you I not like it? Don't, I don't understand it. You've read it? You've um, read it though? No. I did got, you give it up? I gave up. When, well, when like, did you give it up? So I started it um, when I first started working at the bookshop. It was one of like, we have this um, table that every Waterstones has mm. that has very, very similar books on it called like, um, it's like golden tier, like golden tier books or like books that are just known to be, especially in England, like not bestsellers, but like the like literary peak. And that book is always on that table. So I was like, they don't well, say that for the public golden tier books. It's, that's it's what you called, call it. It's something. No, they don't call it to the public. Um, it's always they'll have a little header that's like books we think you should read. Uh, um, or like you might like or we love but um if you're clever enough you yeah. can read this <laughs> i don't i don't think they're, they're super challenging books like it's it's all like a little life Good secret taste. history oh right yeah um and if a book makes it onto there then you know like so the latest book that moved on there was like the sally rooney's normal people okay i am um, i've taken a tangent but yeah a little life was on there so i picked it up started reading it thought it was great um and then my friend was like oh, like, are you in the headspace for that book? And I was like, what do you mean? And then I probed her and probed her and I got the whole plot out of it. And I was like, dude, do not care for this. Yeah. Um, because I think that the heavy themes of sexual assault and, and suicide attempts and self-harm and, like, just don't... I think that there's so much space for them in books, but I don't want to read a book where that is the the gut punch, the gut punches yeah. someone's trauma, I think, that... It's tragedy from beginning to end, though, yeah. a little life, isn't yeah. it? You've also got a car accident, you've yeah. got an alcoholic drug addict, you've got a lost yeah. parent. Oh, yeah. God. So so did you not find... <laughs> when, when you, like, compare something like um, The Private Joys of Nolan Maloney to A Little Life, where you're struggling with tragedy, what kind yes. of... Yes, I think... This book is not a book for tragedy. Yeah. It's the best bits in it yeah. are not the tragic parts. I see. So stick to the detail, stick mm -hmm. to the chicken shops. Yeah. I love the bits of the jokes about yeah. the chicken shops. I love the detail of the relationships mm -hmm. between the mother and the daughter. But there's some really a, a overlaying of religion. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a subject for another book. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just yeah. felt like sometimes when you're editing a poem and you feel like it's too many poems in one poem. Yeah. Perhaps that's it. But it's a debut novel. Mm -hmm. And as a debut novel, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean, who am I to judge? I've not written a wrong novel. I don't know. <laughs> one day. <laughs> I don't know how difficult that is. Yeah. Shall we move on? We shall, yeah. Okay, then. So, what are you reading? I'm reading... Um... Hang on a minute. In this section of the podcast, <laughs> we're going to talk about what we're both reading. Off you go. <laughs> um, I'm reading Bodywork by Melissa Phoebus, which is, um, she, she's a memoir writer and she's an academic in America who um, centres a lot of her research on creative nonfiction and like themes in autofiction and memoir, but like mm. mainly memoir is sort of her, her bag. And this is kind of her third book where she sort of, reflecting on the experience of writing memoir um as a as a writer in like the literary scene um but she she has her past books are on um her experience as a sex worker and a heroin addict mm. and then there are some other um she's got some other books that kind of um 
incorporate like feminist like literature into that as well it's this book particularly I just like I'm so I feel like really deeply connected to obviously I don't have a history as a sex worker <laughs> or a heroin addict thank god not yet not yet well <laughs> it's to be seen sorry <laughs> yeah but I um I think the way she writes feels it's so interesting and so comforting uh one of my friends recently um we both read Polly Atkins, uh, some, some of us just fall. Mm. And she said to me that, um, she said this incredibly powerful thing to me that was, if you want to know what, what it's like to be me, or you would like to get closer to knowing what it's like to be me, then read this book. And I think that is the power and the punch mm. of memoir is that someone can say to someone else, like, you want to know what I'm going through? Read this, read this completely other different person's mm. experience. Um, so Melissa Fibos kind of expands on those ideas um, and on some really, really interesting ideas about writing. But I feel like, I feel like I've read this book and I, I can say to one of my friends, like, if you want to know more about how I think and how I feel about writing and how I feel about books, read this book. Because yeah. someone much, much wiser than me and much more experienced has put this into words for me already. Um, so yeah, it's one of those fantastic books where the thoughts and the, the language I didn't have to put my thoughts together are already like written down and I can just read them. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I think she's incredibly talented. Mm. Um, so how do you spell it? Phoebus? Yeah, just F-E-B-O-S. Okay. Yeah. I have a friend called Phoebe and that's how I spell her name. Phoebus. Yeah. <laughs> just wrote a little joke. Oh. Did she write memoirs? No. She, uh, write she, she did an English creative writing degree, so mm. yeah. More of a poet though. I haven't read that book. No. It's made me think of lots of other memoiry books that I do yeah. like. So have you read anything by Joanne Beard? No. So Joanne Beard, I've been reading a book of hers, and it is memoir pieces because she does journalism and memoir, but she also writes a really good short story. Mm. There's this short story that starts off with a man and a dog. And ends with the man and the dog. But everything has changed mm -hmm. in the midst of the short story. Yeah. Those short stories that just bring completely disparate parts of life together in 30 pages. Mm, I love a short story. Oh, I've yeah. really got into them recently. Yeah. So I was reading... So ahead, uh, before me, before me, before me I see a vision. No, I've got some books on the table. And I have two very slim books, which are both by... Claire Keegan. Shall we move on to our favourite books of the year? Yes. Shall we? We must, yeah. We must, mm -hmm. okay. Is this our special awards ceremony mm -hmm. for books of the year, which we said we were going to call the Hooker Prize? <laughs> the Booker Prize. <laughs> you should put Michelle Fevers in it. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Sex workers only. Yeah. I could put um, Ursa Daly Ward in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who that is. So, I can't remember the name of a book, which is a bit of a drawback on a book podcast. Um, it's called The Terrible, the book that I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's called The Terrible, and it is about her being a drug addict and a sex worker mm. and a model Yeah. in New York before she goes to South Africa and discovers poetry, which, of course, changes her life. Nice. Yeah. 
brainer. Um, yep, so these books are very slim volumes by Claire Keegan, and they're really their long, short stories, aren't yeah. they? I mean, this the latest book, so late in the day, is about the same size as a Ladybird book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't wait for this book to come out. Yeah. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, I bought it. So the small things like these I have in paperback and hardback. And my hardback co- copy is in a little, like, little, like, see-through, like, plastic coat. Because like, it's signed as well, yeah. That's why I was like, is, is it? it? Mm, yeah. I got it from Toppings in Ely, the little book. Did you? You're so swanky, aren't I know. you? <laughs> so, this book is a critique of the whole fabric of Irish society, <laughs> small things like these. In It's a whole, a whole century mm-hmm. in 116 pages, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And really good for Christmas. Yeah. Actually, buy it for Christmas presents. Yeah, work, working in the bookshop, you get sort of fed ways you can promote a book. And last year, uh, this was our big like seller, and everyone was like, just say it's like it's like a modern take on the Christmas Carol. <laughs> and I, I hadn't read it at the time, so I was I was doing that. And then I read it, and I was like, it is so much more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not really that. It's That's such a re. It was such a reach after I read it. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. well-meaning. Yeah. So there's small things like these, but then I think in my top five books mm-hmm. of the year, I don't really know where yeah. in the top five. So late in the day, mm-hmm. I just thought this was a blisteringly good short story. Mm-hmm. It's not really a novel. Novel is it? Mm-hmm. Or really a novella? I don't know if that matters. I'm just looking at how many pages. 47 pages. Mm, I'd give it a novella. Would you? Yeah. Big print. I'm not. <laughs> it's above my pay grade. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. So, have you read it? I don't know. <laughs> you haven't read it? I bought it, which is like reading it. It's a Jason. I've... So I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. So I will say a little bit about it then. I'll just read the beginning. Mm-hmm. So this guy is leaving work. He's going home to an empty house, and he starts thinking about the girl that he had had has had a relationship with, mm-hmm. and she's gone. And he replays the whole relationship in his mind, and in an attempt to work out what happened. And that all the way through the novel. It's him saying, she was very happy to do this. She was very happy to do that. She didn't seem to mind this, 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 and this. And then gradually you realise that they're all the moments in which he was lacking. You know, he was emotionally or even physically just absent Mm -hmm. from the whole thing. And there's an explosion in it. And I mean, not a literal explosion, a metaphorical Mm -hmm. explosion. And then... The, the title is, because he doesn't realise, he only realises what's actually happened and it's too late in the day. Yeah. Uh, sounds slightly similar, re- reminding me of Remains of the Day and not just because the titles are similar. Yeah. But... And also, I have to say, this year I have been judging books by their covers mm-hmm. and I really like the, yeah. the 
the aesthetics of the Claire Keegan book and anything with raised lettering. Mm -hmm. There you, you go. You can just rub your finger over yeah, it. Yeah, see a meaningful. Mmm, yeah. this is a serious book. It's got yeah. embossed covering. I like that sort of velvety, yeah, sort of velvety texture that you get on this one. Yeah. Mm. And the Claire Keegan books are published by Faber, so they're going to be beautiful, aren't they? So, what about you? What am I doing? Um, I'm very conscious that I've been recommending books for a year and I'm feeling a lot of pressure to say books that I haven't said already, but I don't think that's possible because... Just your favourite. If I like a book, I'll, I'll scream about it on What's TV. Yeah, well, that's um, all right. I'm going to go with... And not just because she's one of my Nottingham Poetry Pals, Amy Aker's Mother Song. Yes. Um, and then Julia Armfield's um, Our Wives Under the Sea, which is just such a fantastic novel um, about a, a woman whose wife is a marine biologist and she spends lots of time, lots of time. Sorry, I was just <laughs> ruffling a book. Sorry, beg your pardon. That was just the creaking of a Claire Keegan cover in the background. Saying, okay. here's the whole of Irish history. <laughs> <laughs> Just now. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Wives, our wives, our under, wives the under the sea. sea. So, yeah, basically her wife goes under the sea is the plot of the book. She's okay. a marine biologist who spends a lot of time in like deep sea submarines and one fateful day the submarine defaults and um, our main character's wife and three other people are stuck uh, under the sea for about six months um, and then she comes up and the trauma on her physically and mentally takes a really dark psychological turn. So it becomes, it moves into a psychological thriller towards the end. I wouldn't put it in that category for anyone like wanting, it sound, sounding interesting in the book. Sounds, it, it sounds interesting in the book, but it's like, oh, I don't like thriller. Like that's not, that shouldn't put you off. Mm. But yeah, dark, twisted. Um, I also read, but, We'll keep this out of the list because I don't want the same author in the list twice. Salt Slow by Julia Armfield. As soon as I finished this book, because it was, um, I was like, I need more from her. But I love that. Yeah. When you have to read everything. Yeah. So she has a short story collection um, of really weird uh, short stories. And a lot of them do focus on um, like body. It's not quite horror, but like quite disgusting things happening to the body and especially the female body. Um, yeah, she does that so well, and that's the the thing I can't get away from from this book is the images in my head of what happens to this woman's body as she reacclimatizes to being um, above the water. Um, yeah, deeply strange, awesome, mm. uh, with a with a quite tragic queer romance at the center as well. Yeah, good book, really good book. It sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. I don't really get on with fantasy fiction. Yeah. But this doesn't sound like it's fantasy not, fiction. It, when yeah. you said Wives Under the Sea, I was thinking, mm. oh, it's no. Neil Gaiman. Or, yeah. I, re I read Neil Gaiman, The Ocean at the End of the yeah. Day. I just can't do it. I just can't do fantasy fiction. I... I'm really sorry. <laughs> don't listen to that bit or people who love fantasy fiction. Um, I feel the same, really. I, I don't always... I grew up on like, like um, the Hunger Games, sci like sci-fi fantasies, um, but then haven't really warmed to them 
since I've got back into reading, like I got back into reading post-uni and haven't been drawn to like sci-fi at all. But another book on my like top five from this year, but probably of ever, is Ursula Le Guin's um, really famous book that's popped out of my head. Earthsea, is it Earthsea? No, it's not Earthsea, it's The Left Hand of Darkness. Uh-huh. Um, I, good title. Yeah, really good title. Um, and just incredible writing. So that's another thing <laughs> that's on my 2024 reading list is some of her nonfiction. Mm. Um, especially like her like feminist cr- criticisms of literature, like really interesting stuff. Um, and also, yeah, I've got the first Earthsea, so I'm going to get into that as well. Um, once I've got through, like, the 800 books that are already on my reading list. Yeah. I might buy it to see and read that because I feel mm. as though I should. Yeah. But I feel I'm ready for it. Yeah. I think that you will be su- surprised. I was really surprised by how much I loved um, Left Hand of Darkness and, and didn't think that I would, like, warm to fantasy as much. So. Mm. I did like An Ocean at the End of the Lane, I mm. have to say. I, did, I think I did like it, mm. uh, but none of it really surprised me. Although I was frightened by the horrible yeah. big creature thing. Mm. But then I thought, oh, yeah, I was frightened when I read Philip Pullman and there was a yeah. horrible big creature thing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Screeching through the air. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I see them as quite similar authors in my head. Yeah, and then there's the Dementors, of course, in J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, what else is on your top reads of the year, Jaden Morton? Oh, or what are you? What book have you given away most this year? Given away most. Give it away. Give it away. Um, give it away now. What book have I given away the most? I. I've, me- I've mentioned this one before as well, um, Violent Phenomena, which is an uh, essay collection, so it's half remember who the editors are. Apologies. Is that the Fitzcarraldo one? No, no, it's, I think it's first or something. You're so swanky. <laughs> Honestly, I keep saying that, don't I, but I'm going to have to write them all down because I can't remember them all. But Violent Phenomena is an essay collection on um, like anti-colonial translation in literature and how to, what it means to take um, like prose and text from from one language, especially language from like colonized regions, and translate them into English. That's kind of like the premise of all the mm. essay collections. But all the essay writers are from different um, from different backgrounds, and most all of them translate into English. Um, so that's their common thread. But um, yeah, it's great. It's it's not something that I've read all the way through. Like I've picked through some of the essays, but. Um, I've handed that book out to a few people that like reading translations or or English like isn't their first language and like mm. um, have just been like keen to understand what kind of what reading in English kind of means when you read a translation. Mm. It's just interesting. Like I think it's a perfect nonfiction book club book, especially mm. with it being an essay collection. Like everyone can pick one essay and then we'll talk about it. Like, I'm, a, I'm a big fan yeah, of that's great. not having to read the whole book. The whole book. And then okay. sharing what you learn with other people. 
because um, we all have busy lives. <laughs> yeah. Do we? I think so. <laughs> we do. Yeah, that's the other danger, isn't it? If you say, oh, I've read this, this, and mm-hmm. this, is what else are you doing? Yeah. But I, I saw a really interesting uh, article where somebody was saying that the amount of books that they read is in direct correlation to how good or bad their mental health mm. is. I can see that. I, yeah, I believe that completely. I spend way too much time on my phone. Mm. And one of the reasons I got, I like pushed myself back into reading because I was like, I'm not spending the rest of my life on my phone. Um, and yeah, picking up books has helped massively. But I've also noticed that when I'm already feeling better, I'm way more likely to read than when mm. I'm overwhelmed, like had a, you know, had a lot on at work or like, you know, something's gone on in my like, personal life. I will mm. just like pick up my phone and like stare at it. Ironically, I'll be reading tweets about books, but I can't pick up a book. It's really frustrating. Um, that is strange. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly have had pay, uh, have had times where I just haven't wanted to, to engage with the mm. outside world, and I literally have read one book mm-hmm. and put it down and picked up another book yeah. as a kind of, not avoidance tactic, but yeah. just kind of, I don't want to talk to anyone, but I mm. still want to have some kind of connection mm-hmm. with the world. Yeah. And when you're feeling that, what kind of book would it be? Or just any? Anything, yeah. yeah. Nothing too heavy. Yeah. I can admit <laughs> to having read all the Bridgerton novels nice. in one such stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I'd watched Bridgerton. Yeah, which is and fantastic. Then, it is fantastic. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I can't wait for them to yeah. dramatise every series. I'll just read the books. And do they hold up compared to the show? No. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered. <laughs> I mean, the the plot's there, yeah. but it hasn't got the the intricacies, yeah, or the music, or the yeah. costumes. The, I mean, it's the colours and the. Oh, yeah. it's so rich, isn't it? The TV adaptation. I'm so looking forward to the next season. Yeah. Did you watch Queen Charlotte? No. Oh, it's very very yeah. good. I know I need to. Um, I just. No, I've just been reading so much, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or your Fitz and <laughs> Verso edition. <laughs> we talk about i'm i'm wondering because it's also the last podcast of 2023 yeah if we talk about what we are are going to read in 2024 oh okay okay yeah yeah that's a good idea you go first yes so in the post i received not one but two copies of phoebe stook's new novel um dead animals yes yes yeah really looking forward to seeing what she does, because I've, I've followed her poetry for a while. She's, yeah. um, her poetry is dark and atmospheric and yeah. deeply personal, like confessional. Um, always been really, really big fan of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing. It's, it arrived tonight, it was much smaller than I thought it would be, so it's closer to novella, which I'm a big fan of. Um, Here we go with the yeah. Claire Keegan's yet again. She's really looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to read, I'm going to read that, obviously. <laughs> um, it does look brilliant. There are a few poets bringing out novels, aren't there? Are there? Ian McMillan is bringing out a novel oh, called really? Pity, yeah, yeah, which is getting some behind the scenes accolades. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, other poet. But why, why that? I mean, other writers are reading it and saying, oh, there's a treat around the yeah. corner, which is always really good. Yeah. But I'm also going to tackle Ulysses. Really? Because I've tried to read it literally, I can't really say literally, but figurative. Well, mm. yeah, anyway, really, I've tried to read it 87,259,000 times. And I just can't get past page eighty-seven. Yeah. So I'm just going to do. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. What if you just read another eighty-seven pages? Well, after the eighty-seven, I've already read. Yeah. Well, then, then I can't remember what happened in the first eighty-seven. Yeah. Does it really matter? Do you think it's James Joyce, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling a lot of peace knowing that I will never read Ulysses. I really. I never have to try. It's just because it's been on my bookshelf for. 30 years. Yeah. You could just take it off. I could do. <laughs> I'm going to read The Golden Notebook by Doris Lessing. Okay. I'm doing a bit of catching up. Yeah, yeah. I'm also going to read Becoming by Michelle Obama. Mm. I love Michelle Obama. Yeah. Increasingly, I say to myself often, they go low, we go high, mm-hmm. which is what Michelle Obama says. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I jumped immediately to books that were coming out. Um, but I didn't think of like slightly more, especially because for Not CB, I really like to bring new books to the yeah. show. Like, I really, I think I've said before, I, I like I like when an author's like alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like to go and read more James Baldwin because yeah. I read G Minus Room and was like, oh my God. Um, I read that this year. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it's, it? Yeah. The denseness mm-hmm. of the language. Yeah. Just beautiful. Yeah, and I feel like um, it's it's another like queer tragedy, but didn't feel like I felt like my takeaway from that book was that violence and desire are kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And like he like he never said that. He, but it was like he made me come feel something and come to my own conclusion about something that I had no idea I was going to feel when I went into the book because mm. um, I don't feel like I care it's not one of those books where I feel either way particularly about the characters um, I didn't fi- I didn't find the characters as interesting as like the ideas that were coming through them and out of them mm. um, so yeah I really want to read more James Baldwin uh, like a lot more mm. um, I've also got up um, revolutionary revolutionary acts by Jason Okonde is coming out in 2024, March 2024, um, with Faber Books, which is a book that he um, started putting together a few years ago. And then I've, I've been following him on Twitter because he uh, used to tweet about Love Island all the time. He was like mm. a big like Love Island Twitter account. And you can get like <laughs> all your gossip on what was happening as you were like watching the show. But he's also um, an academic and a writer and a journalist and has a book coming out about um, black queer men in like uh, the, I think it's the 60s and 70s in England. Oh yeah, I saw this. Yeah, <clears throat> so it's Revolutionary Acts, Love and Brotherhood in Black Gay Britain, uh, Social History of Black Men Who Lived Openly and Daringly. Um, yeah, so I'm really, really looking forward to this yeah. book. I've been waiting a long time for it as well. Yeah, I saw yeah, I think it was in The Guardian last week. Possibly, yeah. That does look really good. Yeah, I, sh- I need to try and get a proof of it. Maybe. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get hold of proofs. 
um, like there's a, you can order them through working for Waterstones. Oh, can you? Mm. Is that yeah. how you got your Eliza Clark proof? It was, yeah. Yeah, which also is a very good book. Yeah. Very dark. Penance. Penance. Yeah. yeah, very good. Shall we bring things to a close? Sure. Um, what's your... Where is the most interesting place you are going to read next year? Going to read next year? I don't know. The, the future is yet to be told, but... Um, or would you like to read next year? Like to read next year? Well, um, weak answer, but I'll give you a couple. Um, going to be spending lots of time in the library. Can't wait to spend more time there. Um, I'll be moving house next year, very early next year, which is also why I was a little unprepared today for that reading. But always prepared. You've always yeah. read loads of things. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'll be reading in my new apartment, wherever that will be. Very nice. What about yourself? I'll be reading in your new apartment as nice. well. <laughs> I think it needs to have a window seat. Yeah. Looking out onto a garden. I'll make it happen. Thank you. If not, we can go to Bromley House and read there because yeah. they've got one. Well, I'm not a member, so we'll have to break in. But actually, maybe reading in a library that you broke into is pretty interesting. Mm, yeah. That's a novel. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening to our rambling <laughs> and cogitations and ruminations. And we wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and see you in 2024. I just say... Jaden's got the most fantastic shirt on. He's got wildlife up the lapels, including a, a, a bird on some reeds. Mm -hmm. And what's that? It's a little beaver enamel pin. The nice. Wildlife Trust ones, yeah. Oh, he's embracing the wildlife. I'm giving countryside. He'd be going to the eco-poets in the <laughs> new year. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>